0: Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says. And today I'm so happy to welcome Joyce Moffett, Director of the Greater Chicago Chapter of Safe Families for Children, to talk about the work that they're doing to
1: support the safety of families right here in Illinois and across the country. Joyce, welcome. Thank you. I really am excited about this opportunity to talk about safe families and how we can help families across the state um, with some of the challenges that they're facing. Absolutely, and and here,
0: you know, at I'm hip, we are just so grateful to sort of have that conversation because it is critical to the ecosystem of the communities that we serve. And as we've been reviewing, you know, social determinants of health, health-related social needs, what we find here in Illinois actually is that sort of that personal safety um, sort of bumps up higher as a need here in Illinois from members that we've received feedback from than we see in other states. And so it's something we're really sort of tra- like trying to wrap our arms around and seeing how can we partner, what can we do um, to sort of improve that that feeling of safety across of all of our families. And so can you sort of just talk about the mission of Safe Families for Children and the work that you guys um,
1: Do and what you're trying to accomplish here in Illinois? Oh, absolutely. So here at Safe Families in Illinois, we are interested in coming alongside families that are facing a crisis and really need help to um, keep their children safe and their family together. Uh, Prior to coming to Safe Families, I worked in the field of foster care and foster care is very necessary but one of the main constraints is they can't get involved until significant harm has come to a child and how we're different is that safe families is a parent can either refer themselves or a a provider can come alongside and refer that family to safe families And so we want to step in when it's voluntary and support surround that family with the support that they need, again, to keep their children safe and families together. So here, specifically in Illinois, we have eight chapters um, that are spread out across the state um, that are here to stand in the gap for these families and come alongside them. Um, And so we also have 100 chapters across, over 100 chapters across the U.S., and a number of even international chapters of Safe Families. Um, We're kind of proud of the fact that here in the Chicago area, we're the founding chapter and the oldest chapter and the largest chapter of Safe Families. So uh, we're here ready to stand in the gap with those families. And what we have to offer, um, I'm sure we'll get into more of those details, but it's, it's we're really about offering families opportunities and relationships um, that will go the distance with them as they're trying to stabilize their families,
0: oh, I love that. And I love, you know, that you're not just here in Chicago. you're across the state, but that this organizations across the country and um even across the world. Can you talk a little bit, given that I think you said a hundred chapters? Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe over a hundred, you know, how do you sort of interface with chapters across the state, across the country, um, you know, to further
1: support families? Sure, sure. So um, we do have about a little over two years ago, we became evidence-based and we're, we're, uh, you know, proud of that uh, credential that we got. And it basically involves whether it's here in Illinois, or the chapters across uh, all of Illinois, across the country, really across the world, uh, we all follow the same policies and procedures of this evidence-based model. So what our model includes is recruiting churches who then help us recruit and support the volunteers that are serving in safe families. Uh, That being said, our volunteers don't have to be of a particular uh, religious affiliation, or they can have no religious affiliation, but our model does include uh, recruiting churches who then help us recruit and support volunteers. So specifically, what that would look like here in Illinois or in the other chapters uh, across the country is that once uh, we get a referral for a family that's struggling and could really use some help, we step in um, and assess the situation, make sure it's an appropriate uh, fit for us, and then once we're able to, an, an appropriate fit would be someone that's maybe struggling with homelessness, drug addiction, um, domestic violence, um, evic- you know, maybe uh, on the edge of an eviction, uh, so things along those lines uh, that we can step in. And um, once we, again, figure out it's a good fit, then we match them with the volunteer in the area, and then around that placing parent, we call them, and the volunteer that stepped in, we build what we call a circle of support, which would include other volunteers, such as um, family friends, resource friends, and then we have a coach that oversees that entire uh, hosting or family friending arrangement. We can step in. And host the children temporarily so the parent can address the situation. Or if the parent's stable enough and the child can stay in their home, then we can wrap something around called a family friend arrangement. And again, we build that circle of support uh, via the one of those two ways, via a hosting arrangement or a family friend arrangement.
0: Oh, I love that. I love just that, you know, communal approach. Um, you know, it sort of puts into action the saying that it takes a village. And as a mom, it absolutely takes a village. And I think especially post-pandemic, it can feel hard of like, how do you build that village sometimes? Um, Mm -hmm. And it feels like this is a really purposeful way, an intentional way to sort of build that village when it's needed. Um, And almost, you know, it's preventative of sort of further um, disruption and further Mm -hmm. trauma and Mm -hmm. and just supporting people um, in order to, then fully support those families. I think it also sort of is that it furthers that concept of, you know, putting your own oxygen mask on first. And so giving people the space, the support, you know, whatever that might look like in order to sort of put their own, the parents put their own oxygen mask on. And so, you know, maybe they do need to go into treatment or they need, you know, maybe there's something where they do need a little bit of time away, but they, they've they been hesitant to do it because they wanna go into treatment because they love their kids so very much. and they don't want to do anything to ever jeopardize that relationship with their children. And so Safe Families gives them an opportunity or a resource to go into treatment,
1: but without sort of the system involvement. Am I thinking about that right, Joyce? Right, right. So we have three main objectives at Safe Families. One is to um, deflect the need for kids to go into foster care, because just like you said, when a family's under crisis, you know, there there's they're at risk for uh, coming to the attention of the Department of Children and Family Services. So we're here to step in in those crisis situations, so deflect the number of kids having to go into foster care, which helps us meet our second objective, which is to prevent abuse and neglect from happening to children because again when families are under stress bad things can happen to children and then our third main objective is to help families stabilize and again uh, keep children safe and families together and so that that's how it works we consider ourselves volunteer driven and professionally supported so when we build those circles of support that i was just talking to you about that includes that coach that i mentioned and so Not only do we bring the relationships in to kind of help them through the crisis and then hopefully stay involved even after the crisis, but that coach then is also able to connect them to the needed services in the community, which might be mental health services. It might be, like you mentioned, Samantha, um, drug treatment for them, domestic violence, different things like that. So it's just this wonderful way of bringing together community resources and a personal relationship around a parent that's just found themselves in an extremely rough spot.
0: And I suspect, and now this is an assumption, but you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, that there's also some weaving in of just those social determinants of health and health-related social needs. Um, and, And that there is this connection between needing help around housing or food or transportation or employment or these other
1: things um, that are adding stress to these families. Is that what you also see, Joyce? Oh, absolutely. And when I was thinking about that, um, something that came to mind was when I first started with Safe Families uh, several years back now, uh, I stepped into a case where a mother was struggling with some of the things that you're talking about, housing and employment, um, she had a little eight-year-old boy, and um, uh, we stepped in, and a, a lovely volunteer family stepped up to host this little guy, and we found out um, via our volunteer that this little guy was struggling, even though he was only eight, was struggling with a very severe case of sleep apnea. And so mom uh, you know, loved her child and was uh, reaching out to us for help but was so overwhelmed she wasn't in a position to really um, address that medical need of the child. So the child wasn't sleeping well at night, the child was getting picked on by his siblings because he was, you know, had these issues going on with his sleep disturbance at night. You know, uh, he was falling asleep at school, things like that. And so with us getting involved and, 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 and uh, our volunteers having some bandwidth, uh, you know, to, to assess that situation, we were able to get him the medical need that he needed um, and get that that condition treated of the sleep apnea, get it resolved for him. So he went back to his mom, you know, in better, better health as a result of that. And mom was given the opportunity to secure the housing and the employment that she needed during that same time. So it really does work well to help um, families, to help us bring in professionals that can assess the needs, and then we can... Walk alongside mom, get those needs met, or the parent. Uh, we we certainly work with moms, dads, two-parent households. Um, I just sometimes say moms because we have a lot of single moms um, that do approach us, and uh, yeah, just help that family get in a much much better spot where she was able to to parent that child a little easier because these these medical needs were met and was in a better better spot uh, economically as a result of her involvement with Safe Families
0: what a wonderful win and and what about um i mean goodness you don't even you know i was thinking all the mom stuff right um and that was sort of where my brain went but of course when a mom is stressed and taxed it's easy to sort of miss these other things because you know that you know like you said you just not the bandwidth so i just i think that's such a success story and really speaks to to your evidence-based model, you know, really bringing that village around these families and avoiding further trauma. I don't think we can underscore that enough because we do know that, of course, childhood trauma, it doesn't stop in childhood. We, as a society, see all of the, you know, the, the negative impacts of of trauma in our communities. Um, and so I really I just want to thank you not only for coming on today and walking me through and sort of explaining all of this to me and our listeners, but beyond that, really the work that you're doing to stabilize families and make communities safer by by that family stabilization um, and that support and that building of a village. So thank you so much, Joyce.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. I just uh, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on the show and the awareness that you're trying to bring to these important uh, situations, and how, as a community, uh, it's not insurmountable. You know, when we link arms with other agencies, when we link arms um, with with people who care uh, in our communities and want to make a difference, um, change is possible. And so, I just thank you for. Uh, helping us raise awareness of safe families and, and the other good programs that uh that you highlight on your program.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's so important to know. I'm just so glad you said that that change is possible. And I think for people, you know, I'm a mom of two boys and I think motherhood is just stressful. Parenthood is just stressful. Um and I'm in a situation where my community, where my my village, uh they're folks that when i get really stressed and i need to tap out they have resources right like i can have my mom come and stay you know with the boys for a weekend or you know just so i can recharge and i can have folks help me and i feel like what you what safe village is trying to do or sorry i just want to say safe village but safe family is trying to do for is is give that same support to folks who might not have um a resource-rich community or village that they can tap into.
1: Oh, exactly, exactly. So what we have is, 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 is single moms that don't have the village like you're talking about. They're in the tyranny of the moment. They are basically just trying to make it to the end of the day. They are just trying to survive that day. There is no future thinking. There is no planning um they just have to deal with the you know the three crises at hand and so when when we come in we give them that opportunity a little bit of breathing space and we try and uh, soften some of those dips, you know, instead of uh, a complete free fall, just make it, you know, more of a, a slope for them. And and once they get through that crisis, the other really amazing thing um, that we have to offer is we get them, our volunteers get them through the crisis, but then they stay in community with them post you know uh like we stick with the the drug treatment post the drug drug treatment because that mom's going to continue to need support and so not only have we connected her some community resources that are going to be there after um, um the formal hosting is over but oftentimes our volunteers stay involved and might invite that mom and her kids over for a thanksgiving meal or uh outing this summer to the zoo or different things like that and so 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 we have built those those relationships that will hopefully help keep um that family together and stabilized.
0: Oh, I got chills. I mean just the idea of having, you know, the the Thanksgiving dinner together, trips to the zoo, beyond, you know, just just managing those hard times, it really is amazing what you guys do. Thank you so much for joining me today and to our listeners um to listen to more interesting podcasts like this one, please check out our website at imhip.org. And of course, don't forget to follow us and Save Families for Children on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.